The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. And greetings, friends, around the world. My friends, what really happens after death? There are all kinds of ideas out there among the world's major religions. Yet many of us in the so-called Western world at least nominally believe in the Bible. But what does the Bible actually say about life after death? Do you really know? Could you prove this to others from the Bible itself? Stay tuned. My friends, all thinking people eventually wonder about what really happens after death. Because as the old saying goes, nothing is more certain than death and taxes. Every day there are hundreds of funeral processions going through the streets of America, Canada, and Britain. What will happen to these people after they are buried or cremated? Can we truly be sure? Millions of people in the so-called Christian societies profess belief in the Bible. But can you honestly prove what the Bible itself says about life after death? Don't be too sure, for the Bible clearly tells us that Satan the devil will deceive the whole world. Everybody's deceived. God says so again and again in the Bible. Notice Revelation 12, verse 9. Revelation 12, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out. This is talking about an end-time warfare if you read the whole chapter here, the devil was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So Satan the devil deceives the whole world. Go get your Bible. See what the Bible itself says about these things. Prove these truths out of your own Bible. Don't just believe me. Believe what you read in your own Bible. Learn to study it if you're sure and one need, want to be sure about what really happens after death and these other big questions of life. The Bible says a lot, but most people don't know what it says because they don't really study it. They just hear what others say about it. Please don't assume that what you were taught in Sunday school is true, for many of you may be in for a big surprise. Notice this inspired warning from Jesus Christ. Turn with me now to the teachings of Jesus Christ himself. Matthew chapter 15, if you would, in your Bible. Follow me if you have a Bible. Matthew 15, or write it down. Look it up later. Prove these things. You can be sure if you'll study, if you'll think about it and prove it. Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. But Jesus answered and said, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Jesus asked them, and he went on to condemn their tradition. He says, You have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition, he tells them in verse 6. We must not blindly follow the ideas and the traditions of men regarding life after death or any other matter, because the world has been deceived on the basic points like this. 
If you prove it from the Bible, you'll know that. You can prove it to yourself. Notice what the Apostle Paul taught. Here's the Apostle Paul talking about the true gospel back in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 19. Paul writes, under inspiration, of course, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who are fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. So this is what the Bible talks about, a resurrection at Christ's coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God to the Father, to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule, authority, and power, for he, Christ, must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. So death is an enemy, and the dead in Christ are resurrected at Christ's second coming. But until then, as Paul says here in the Bible, in this passage, death is an enemy. But if the dead in Christ are actually up in heaven in glorious love and joy rolling around heaven all day, why would death be an enemy? Think about that. Most of these people who believe in going to heaven are not very anxious to get there. Oh, they're sorry when they're going to die. What does that mean? Notice what your Bible clearly teaches. Let's see what the Bible says. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, my friends, and notice what the Apostle Paul says here, beginning in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow, as others who have no hope. When people in the world die, they're often just overwhelmed and they have terrible sorrow. We're all sorry when someone dies, but if we believe in God, if we really believe in the resurrection from the dead, we know the next split second of their lives, the next split second, I should say, as far as their mind is concerned, they will be resurrected. They will be back very quickly. They will just be asleep in death until that time. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so will God bring with him those who are asleep in Jesus. They're dead. He calls it asleep in Jesus because it's a temporary death. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead, yes, they are dead, the dead in Christ will rise. It's a resurrection from the dead. Not people up in heaven rolling around all day with nothing to do, but the dead in Christ will not come down. They will rise out of the grave. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. But where will the Lord be? I'll show you later. He will be on this earth for the thousand years of the millennium. He won't be up in heaven. The dead will be the dead in Christ. His saints will be where he is on this earth. Again, my friends, Paul specifically states that those who are dead in Christ are asleep. They're not up in heaven rolling around. Paul also says the dead in Christ will rise when Christ returns. He does not say they'll come down from heaven where they've been all that time. Think about it. 
At this point, my friends, I want to offer you a truly thorough and fascinating explanation of this entire topic. It's in a CD. We've prepared a special CD for you on this very topic. It's entitled, Is There Life After Death? Is There Life After Death? And it will be sent to you absolutely free upon your request. This exciting CD takes time to give you an even more thorough explanation of this vital topic than I can in this brief television program. So call us or write us today and request your free copy of this eye-opening CD, Is There Life After Death? You can also order this CD on our website at tomorrowsworld.org. Again, this truly vital CD will be sent absolutely free upon your request. Just ask for the CD on life after death. That's all you need. Call now. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Now back to our topic, what happens after death? My friends, remember what we learned just before the break. We were in 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's reread just verse 16. Paul wrote, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So the dead rise. They rise from the grave, as this certainly explains. Christ is returning to this earth as King of kings, there will be a resurrection from the dead. Now let us study Jesus' own words on this vital topic. Jesus spoke about it very clearly. What did the Son of God know? He ought to know the truth about it. Turn back to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5 and verse 25. John 5, beginning verse 25. Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming, Jesus said, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. He didn't say the saints up in heaven have been having fun and sitting on pink clouds or something. He said the dead in Christ will rise first. They are dead. They know nothing. And the Bible makes very clear if you look up scriptures, just get a concordance. The dead know not anything. And that day their very thoughts perish. All kinds of statements about that are in the Bible. The dead are not alive. They're not up in heaven. They are dead in the grave. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man, because he's been through the human experience. So he can be a fair and understanding judge. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all, notice this, my friends, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good if they've done good, why aren't they up in heaven? 
They're not up in heaven. They're in the grave. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. That say death or hell, but condemnation. And that's another topic. So that's what's going to happen. And we need to understand that, that Christ is clearly talking about a resurrection, a resurrection from the dead, not about people going off to heaven with nothing to do. In fact, note what Jesus actually said about people going to heaven. Turn back to John chapter 3 and verse 13. Here are the direct words of Christ about going to heaven. John 3, 13. Write this down if you don't have a Bible. Look it up later. Jesus said, No one has ascended to heaven. That's what Jesus said. But he who came down from heaven, the Son of Man, Christ came down from heaven. But no one has gone to heaven. Jesus said, What about Abraham? Is called the father of all of us, the father of the faithful. Has he gone to heaven? No, not according to this. What about David, the man after God's own heart? No, he has not gone to heaven either. But notice what the inspired book of Acts tells us about David. Turn with me back there to Acts chapter 2. Turn to Acts chapter 2 and we'll see what the Bible specifically says about this. Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Here's Peter preaching his inspired sermon. Men and brethren, let me speak to you freely of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried. Is that clear? David is dead. He wasn't was and is in heaven now, but is, as Peter spoke, 1,000 years after David died, he said, David is dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. That's where David is. He's in the grave. He's not up in heaven, yet he's one of the great saints of God, a prophet, and the man after God's own heart. But, my friends, what about all the funeral services all over America and Canada and everywhere where people are described as having gone to heaven if they're dead? Most folks who believe this are very sincere. But there are hundreds of millions of Hindus and Muslims and Buddhists and others who are also sincere. That alone does not make any idea right, including Nazism or Communism. Sincerity is okay, but it might be, you might be sincere as many people are about most anything. The key is, my friends, do you actually believe the Bible? Most of you don't. I know that. I've been around a while. I just challenge you to do that. We have a booklet on the Bible, Fact or Fiction. Get that booklet if you don't have it. Prove to yourself this book was inspired by God. That's why we give you in this program all these specific prophecies about the Bible telling specifically what was to happen to ancient Babylon, to ancient Tyre, to ancient Egypt, and to modern America and Britain and lots of other places and cities and even great sea gates on this earth. And these things have happened or are now happening. Specific things all over this world. The God who inspired this is the Creator. He inspired this book. Exactly. Think about it. But the Bible does not talk about going to heaven. The Bible is the revelation from Almighty God. And it does not talk about that. Yet one of the common texts used in funeral services is John 14. Turn to John 14 just so you can understand what people say about it and not be confused about that. John chapter 14, here are the words of Jesus Christ. He said to his disciples, John 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So what is this place that Jesus is preparing for his saints? What is this place? In my Father's house are many mansions, he said. So people assume, don't assume anything, my friends. Prove it from your Bible. They assume that means heaven. But we've got to learn to let the Bible interpret the Bible. Keep your place here, but turn back to John chapter 2, if you would. John 2:14, And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and doves, and he made a whip and drove them out of the temple. They were making his father's house a house of merchandise. He said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Take them out of the temple. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Throughout the Bible, the house of God is using as a symbol to describe, I should say the temple is described as as the house of God. And that was what the temple represented, the house of God. It was a symbol of heaven in a sense, the way it was designed. It had there in the inner part of it the Holy of Holies. God's very throne was pictured there in the ancient temple. Jesus talked about the Father's house, and the temple represented the Father's house. The temple had a number of rooms or places or offices, as they could be translated, for various priests, Jewish priests serving at various capacities in the temple. And those offices represented their job. So Jesus said nothing about floating off to heaven with nothing to do. Rather, when you read this and connect with all the clear statements that Jesus said and the apostles made about the future, it was obvious that Jesus is going to give his saints a place, a position, a job in God's temple, in the coming kingdom of God, just as the priests had different offices in God's temple in that day. He did not talk about going off to heaven with nothing to do. What did Jesus clearly describe as the future of his faithful saints? Turn to Revelation chapter 2, if you would. Revelation 2, verse 26. Jesus said, He overcomes and keeps my works until the end. To him will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them. That is the saints. The overcomer will rule them with a rod of iron as the potter's vessels shall be broken in pieces as I also received from my Father. Turn to chapter 5 now. Revelation 5 And verse 9, they, the saints of God, now are pictured as singing a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So we need to really understand that. The saints are going to rule on the earth. Notice that God's true saints will be given positions of rulership on this earth, not up in heaven. Satan the devil has managed, my friends, to confuse this world almost completely, giving an entire wrong pagan scenario of God's entire purpose for calling Christians in the first place, the way they should live, the future that they should look forward to, and what they will be doing after death because they won't be floating off with nothing to do. My friends, if you and I truly surrender to God, the God of the Bible, to obey Him and do His will, we can't begin to imagine 
the awesome opportunity we will have to rule with our king, our God, and to help him straighten out this earth. Then we can bring genuine peace and joy in a way it has never occurred before. Again, my friends, be sure to call us or write us and request your free copy of this very exciting and thorough CD. It really explains this topic. Is there life after death? Is there life after death? This eye-opening CD will prove to you the real meaning of life and what, in fact, will actually happen after death for those who believe in the Christ of the Bible. So call us or write us immediately. Do it now before you forget it and request your free copy of this fascinating CD, Is There Life After Death? You may also request this online at tomorrowsworld.org. So call or write today and ask for the CD on Life After Death. It's absolutely free. Life After Death. That's all you need. Call now. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Finally, my friends, notice what the Apostle John wrote about your future and my future if we are overcomers and truly give our lives to God. Turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now are we children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, when Christ comes back again, when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. My friends, if we truly overcome and walk with God, we will be able to see God and Christ face to face. We will truly be like the resurrected Jesus Christ who's described in Revelation chapter 1. Notice the way Christ is and the way we will be when we will be like Him, as your Bible clearly says. Turn to Revelation chapter 1 and beginning in verse 15. Here it says, His feet, Christ's feet, were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and His voice was as the sound of many waters. And He had in His right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. The sun shining in full strength. That's the way we will look when we become full sons of God. We will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Our face will shine as the sun, since we will then be glorified members of God's family. We won't be floating off to heaven with nothing to do. 
we will be glorified spirit beings in God's very family, assisting the King of Kings. We will help him bring about the conditions described in Psalm 72. Turn back with me to Psalm 72 now, my friends. And this, of course, is magnificent when you understand it. Psalm 72 here in your Old Testament. Yet this was referred to many times, the book of Psalms, as Scripture by Jesus Christ. Psalm 72, talking about Christ. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring forth peace to the people in the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy and break in pieces the oppressor. You see, Christ will have concern for everyone in the coming kingdom of God, his government to be set up on this earth. The kingdom of God is the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Kingdom means government. And we will be assisting Christ in this coming government during the millennial rule on this earth when saints are going to be helping Christ as you read back in Luke 19 and many other scriptures that show they're going to be given rule over five cities or ten cities if they have overcome. As servants of God, the kings under Jesus Christ, the king of kings. Notice it says here in verse 11, Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. Yes, he will be king of kings. For he will deliver the needy when he cries the poor also on him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and the needy. He will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence. And precious shall be their blood in his sight. Christ will have concern for every human being. Every one of you is made in the image of God. Every one of you has a magnificent reward ahead if you think about it, if you're willing to do it God's way. This magnificent reward that God will give those who truly serve Him will go far beyond anyone's concept of just flowing around all day in heaven with nothing to do. May God help you to genuinely understand. May God help you to begin to study His Word to see what it actually says so you can overcome this confusion caused by Satan the devil in so many areas of life. May God help you to obey your Maker and become a full member of the coming kingdom of God. Again, my friends, be sure to call or write and request this absolutely vital information on the CD entitled, Is There Life After Death? Call now. And tune in every week to Tomorrow's World program. On this program, you will gain precious information and insights available nowhere else. Richard Ames and I will give you understanding of the current events and of the exciting prophecies of Tomorrow's World. We also invite you to join our fellow presenters, Wallace Smith and Rod King, who will give you special perspectives and insight on vital biblical topics. So be sure to join us again next week, right here at the same time. See you right here next week. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
to view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.